And we are so excited to announce something brand new here at Bayshore Community Church. Available now on any of the app stores, either Apple or Android or even Amazon, is the exciting Bayshore Church app for your mobile device. Now this app is chock full of content for you to use to engage with Bayshore. There's a sermon archive where you can browse past messages from both campuses. There's ways for you to sign up for classes, for events, for small groups. There's events calendars so that you don't miss anything that's happening. There's even a Bible reading section where you can get daily updates on where we are reading in the Bible. Also, this app has a great new giving feature, a very sleek and efficient way to easily give anytime you like and also have reoccurring gifts. So be sure to check out our app. You can go to bayshorecc.org slash app. That's bayshorecc.org slash app. And find links to download the Bayshore Church app. Awesome. That's our team in Guatemala there, and they're having a great time. I just want to welcome, before we begin, can, I want to welcome everybody who's watching on Facebook Live. If you're listening to us through the church app or uh, through the podcast, I want to say welcome to you. Thank you for joining us uh, each week. The best way to experience Bayshore is live, but you got the next best thing uh, in your headphones uh, this morning. And I thought since uh, Pastor and the team are in Guatemala that we could maybe give them a shout out uh, this morning via uh, Facebook Live. So here's what I want you to do. On the count of three, if you can, as loud as you can, I want you to say, Que pasa, Pastor Danny? Everybody okay with that? Que pasa, I've been told that means what's up in Spanish. I hope that's true. Um, so we're going to go with that. But que pasa, Pastor Danny? You guys with me? All right, on three. One, two, three. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, as you saw, uh, my name is Jeremy Fruscio. I'm the executive pastor. For those of you who don't know me, we are in a series at the movies, which is a fun, fun series. Everybody get some popcorn if you want. If you didn't, make sure you get some on the way out. Uh, how many people love going to the movies? Nothing wrong with that. Always good to get to the movies, have a good time. Uh, the popcorn and the environment. So, um, so we're excited about this series. And uh, I get, as you saw there, to do the Avengers. Now, my family are Avenger fans. Like, we are comic book superhero nuts. My boys in particular, they know all the ins and outs and all the directors and the actors and all the different versions of all the different characters. And, and so uh, I, I put on my only Avenger uh, swag that I own, which is a Superman shirt. But anybody out there like uh, above average fan like that, you, you're not just the normal fan, but you know like details about the movies that, that are beyond the normal. Like you got a little nervous when Disney bought Marvel, that sort of thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's an above average watcher. And if you are one of those people, you would recognize that this shirt is actually not from the modern Marvel Avenger uh, uh, line. But this is actually from the old Spider-Man uh, uh, movies with Tobey Maguire. You remember those? A little different. And so uh, my family, as I said, my kids pretty much grew up with superhero movies and with Marvel movies. And it's very important that you know the difference. Like we're talking about Marvel superheroes. We're not talking about DC comic superheroes. Very big difference, right? Like in my family, you don't mix up in a conversation Aquaman 
and Iron Man. Very different things. Aquaman is DC. Iron Man is Marvel. You don't ever in my household mix up the difference between Green Arrow and Hawkeye. Yes, they both have uh, bows and arrows. Yes, they both wear green. Very different people. So, very early on, comic book heroes, superheroes uh, have been a staple in my family. So I'm loving that I get to speak uh, on this today. Now, as I was preparing, I got to thinking about, like, if I was an Avenger. Like, who, what Avenger am I most like, right? Like, which one do I most relate to? Am I most like? And, and, and so I got to looking at them, and, and I think... This is just me. I think that Captain America and me have a lot in common. Okay? Right? Captain America, he's the underdog. Starts out as an underdog. All of a sudden, he becomes this superhero. Right? But Captain America is this patriotic guy. Right? He's like, he's the guy that won't stop until the job is done. Right? He'll never give up until the job is done. And yet, like, Captain America, to me, has this, these, these uh, kind of timeless qualities. Right? He's like a gentleman and, and all those things. And I got to look at him. I'm like, we're built, both built kind of the same, and, and, you know, the guy's really good looking. So I was like, this guy's good. That's the one. Like, it's me, right? But I might be stretching uh, there a little bit. So I thought I would ask the most honest people in my life what they thought about that, and those are my kids. So I want to share with you a, uh, a text exchange that uh, we had a couple weeks ago. And so if you can't read this, I'm going to read it to you. You know, so up top I asked them, what Avenger do you all think I most identify with or am most like? And my oldest daughter, she's 21, she said Iron Man and then Hulk. And so I told her, you know, like, you got to choose one. Just pick one. My 16-year-old daughter, in the way that 16-year-olds do, says, what type of question is this? <laughs> with two emojis, which I, have, I don't understand emojis. So there's emojis there. And I said it's research. So then my wife chimes in and says, Avengers, um, Black Widow for sure. Which is, if you're not laughing at that, it's because you don't know Black Widow is a female Avenger. So I told her to get serious and that I needed to know. And then Caitlin, 16-year-old, says, uh, I don't know. Now this next one is my 18-year-old son. Now listen to his response. Hawkeye, he says, he's quiet but smart. And learns as much as possible. He's good at everything. He's a family man. Makes calculated decisions. He's not the leader, but more of a right-hand man. And steps up and leads when he needs to. And I gave that a thumbs up. Which I think I should. That was my 18-year-old son. I appreciate that one. I said, who's next? And then I uh, asked about Gavin, who's my 14-year-old. He doesn't have a phone. So he's not in the group checks. He's, he's, he's still too young to have a phone. Uh, my 21-year-old, who, by the way, is a uh, psychology major at Salisbury University, she uh, sent me a link where I could do a personality test that will actually tell you what superhero uh, you are. Uh, and I didn't take it. But, but uh, she said a mix of Hawkeye and the Hulk. And I got confused with that. And you can't really see it there. But I said, Hulk? Why? Because I'm green? Because that doesn't make sense to me. And so we go on here and she says, no, the Hulk, because he doesn't like help and he doesn't like being taken advantage of. And I was like, well, okay, I don't like being taken advantage of. And then again, my 16 year old, in the way that 16 year olds do, she says, I think Hawk, because you like to snap out of nowhere. 
My response is, you should ask yourself, what causes these snaps? And of course, she responds with emojis, which I don't know what they mean. Uh, Aubrey, again, talking about uh, the Hulk, says he also wings everything. And again, that confused me. And I was like, what, barbecue wings? He eats everything? I don't get it. And she said, no, like he just does things. And my response is, oh, so I'm not a planner. And uh, uh, Aubrey says, not in a moment. And then finally, my wife follows up with Hawkeye for sure. So while I thought I was Captain America, uh, my family clearly thinks that I am mostly Hawkeye with some Hulk tendencies, which is, uh, I don't know if that's a compliment or not, but uh, (laughs) it is what it is. So it's funny sometimes to uh, think one way and then you get uh, the uh, honest input from your family in other ways. I, I, I found a survey also, which I thought was interesting, where if people were able to choose what superpower they had, uh, uh, like what would be the most uh, that they would pick. And so I found this list of the top four superpowers that people wish they had, and I want to share it with you here. Number one is time travel. Most uh, the, the majority of people said that time travel would be the superpower that they have if they could choose any. And that makes sense. I like that one. That makes sense to me. Like you could go back and fix mistakes. Or you go back and save people after you know that they, there was issues, all that, that sort of things. And so time travel makes sense. But number two is read minds, which I can only assume that this is the one that most women picked. Because it doesn't seem like something that guys would want. I don't think. Maybe some of you guys would. But it seems to me like the, the thing that, that all the women in the survey picked. Um, and, and I got to thinking about that, fellas. You know, if women had the ability to read our minds, do you think they would be upset if they actually found out we don't think about anything? Right? Like, you know, you ever had your lady ask you, like, hey, what are you thinking about? Nothing. And they never believe you. Right? So now if they actually had the power to read minds, they could know we don't think about anything. And so uh, that might actually lead them to choose the third most uh, um, picked uh, superpower, which is flight, uh, which would be fun. But number four uh, is invisibility. And I got to be honest, that's a little creepy to me. Like, why do you want to be invisible? I don't know. It's worth thinking about. Don't think about it too long. The Avengers today, the beauty, I think, of the story of Avengers, why I love it so much. You've got all of these people, these individuals with these unique gifts, all these backstories of how they came to be superheroes and all that. And you've got all these different characters. But the beauty, the heart of the story to me is, can these superheroes come together? Can they work together? Can they get along to save the earth. And that's really central piece of this whole story. And so today I want to use that topic. I want to look at that in our own lives and, 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 and take a look at what the Bible has to say about our ability to love each other. I want to talk about what we're going to call the superpower of learning to love one another this morning. And so, um, I want to start with a a phrase, and so I just want to kind of put this out there because I believe this, and I think this is important for us to hear, and we're going to put it on the screen. But the statement is this. Our ability to love others will determine how far we go in life and how much we will enjoy it when we get there. I'll read again. Our ability to love others will determine how far we go in life and how much 
We will enjoy it when we get there. How peaceful and successful our family life and our work relationships and our community relationships are. It's our ability to love others is that crucial peace. And yet, if we're all honest, it can be very, very challenging. And even more so, it's often the people that are closest to us, the people who are nearest to us in our lives the most, that can be the most challenging to love sometimes, right? The people that can drive us crazy are often the people that are closest to us. Anybody uh, get an amen on that, right? Maybe you've got somebody like that in your life. Maybe that person's sitting right next to you. Just be cool. (laughs) You don't need to elbow them or look at them right now. Maybe that's that person. But it's true, right? Uh, It can be a challenge uh, to love Love other people sometimes. And so I want to look at a passage in the Bible together today in Colossians chapter 3. And um, this is the Apostle Paul, and I believe he gives us some great insight into how we can develop this superpower of loving other people. Because, listen, it would be great if we actually had superpowers in our life like the Avengers do, right? It would be awesome if we had uh, those things. But the truth is, is that there is a powerful uh, uh, tool that is available to us right now that we can access, and that is the power of a team and of working together and of getting along together. And and so uh, I want to spend a little bit of time looking at that. And I believe that the key to unlocking the power of working together, the power of a team, is our ability to love one another. And so let's read in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, very quickly here this morning. Colossians chapter 3, 12 says, Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must first, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Now, before we begin, because we dive into this, the first thing I want to look at is literally the first thing he says, and the first thing I want you to know is that God chose you. If you're a believer this morning, you have made a decision to follow after Jesus and to walk after Jesus and you prayed a prayer and you made that decision. But the Bible teaches us that that God first chose you, that it says that from the beginning, the foundations of the earth, that he loved you, that he knew you. And so he chose you. He loved you. If you haven't made that decision this morning, if you haven't made a decision uh, to follow Jesus, the same is true for you, that he chose you. I don't believe there's accidents. You're here this morning hearing this message because God wants you to know that he loves you, that he chose you. And so if we're going to begin to figure out how to love other people, if we're going to begin to grow in our love for other people, the place we need to start is we need to first receive God's love. We need to acknowledge and receive and accept God's love in our own life. Because without God's love in our life, then it's just left up to us, right? We have to figure out how to be kind and patient to other people. Without God's love in our life and His power in our life and empowering us to love other people, then it's on us alone to do it, and we just cannot do that. So the first step, if we're going to grow in love with one another then we need to receive, accept God's love. Let's read that verse again because there's some more stuff in there. Verse 12 says, Since God chose you to be a holy people he loves, 
You must clothe yourselves in tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And so second thing I want you to understand here is Paul is telling us we need to clothe ourselves. We need to cover ourselves in these qualities, in these things. And if you will allow me to use the Avengers theme, we need to put on the super suit of God. We need to put on our super suit. Now, fashion is always changing. It seems like every season, right, there's a new uh, cool or hip way to dress or to look or whatever. And just in case you don't believe that to be the case, I uh, pulled up an ad for menswear from the 1970s. And let me show you this uh, beautiful picture here. This is an actual 70s ad for men's fashion. Could you imagine going out of the house looking like that? Anybody? I, there's some of you in here that have pictures of you in this sort of thing, if you haven't burnt them already. But look at this. This is crazy. This was men's fashion. And so fashion is always, always changing. And just in case this isn't enough, let's take a trip down uh, Jeremy's memory lane to 1997. Let me show you a couple pictures of me graduating. Look at this guy. You remember when these shirts were cool? Like the Abercrombie and Fitch uh, uh, plaid polos. And, and you can't tell, but these jeans are like six sizes too big, right? You remember when it was cool to wear clothes that were way too big for you? I mean, look at this shirt. I could pitch a tent in that shirt. I mean, it's so big. And also the, the pants that I'm wearing in that one, you guys remember the really thick banded uh, corduroys? You remember? Like they were so thick. I remember I paid so much money for these corduroys because they had such thick bands and that was so cool then. And again, they were like a, a big uh, tent on my legs. And so that was the fashion in 1997. But I, I just want to show you one more if I haven't sufficiently humiliated myself. Look at this guy. Come on. You know, the crazy part about this picture is I have no idea where that jacket came from. I never owned a jacket like that. And why I would choose to, like, pick that jacket up and put it on and let somebody take a picture of me, I don't know. I don't know. But, all right, you got to remove that because it's going to be a distraction to me. What a terrible pick. So, so fashion is always changing, right? And what Paul wants us to know here is that God's fashion never changes. God's fashion it's timeless. And so God's fashion is filled with mercy, right? Mercy is the ability to have compassion towards other people in their situation. God's fashion is filled with kindness, which is the ability to move towards people in a way that is for them and celebrates them. God's fashion is full of humility, which is, listen, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but humility is thinking of yourself less. Did you catch that? Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but it's thinking of yourself less. So you can see other people's in need around you in your life, and you can help them, and you can reach out to them. God's fashion is filled with patience. And so each day we have the opportunity that we can get dressed, we can clothe ourselves in whatever the fashion of the day is, right? Or as my kids would say, whatever isn't the fashion of the day, Dad. Uh, You know, we have that opportunity to get up and, and, and put on whatever clothing we want. In the same way, we have the ability every day to get up and put on the super suit. 
kindness, patience, humility. Every day. And I think the challenge uh, for us sometimes is that our lives can be so hectic for some of us, right? We just rush out into the day very often. I mean, I remember, man, when my kids, I have four kids, 14 to 21 right now. I remember when my kids were little, man, just getting out of the house felt like we were moving, right? You had to pack up the diaper bags. You had to pack up the car seats. You had to get the kids in the car seats. You had to wrangle them all up. You got kids running in every direction and, you know, uh, half clothed. And so for a lot of us in, in, in many ways, just getting out the door in the morning can be a challenge. And so if we're not intentional, if we're not purposeful about putting on the super suit, about putting on humility and kindness and mercy and patience, then we can rush out into the day and treat people uh, in ways that we didn't intend to. And I believe that this principle, if we'll be intentional about clothing ourselves in this super suit, that when we go out into the world, that we're going to be more attractive to the people we come in contact with. If you're single this morning, when you go out and you clothed yourself in these qualities, you're going to be more dateable, right? Can I get an amen, single people? You're going to be more dateable because of these qualities. If you do this, if you put on God's super suit in your marriage, it's going to be healthier than it's ever been. Your relationships at work are going to be better. You're going to get along better with coworkers. You're going to get more respect from your customers. And so this putting on makes us more attractive to other people. Now, listen, what it doesn't mean is that our lives become perfect. I'm not saying that. Like, you're not going to go out and everything's going to be perfect. But, but it's these sort of qualities, when we put them on, like I said, we're going to go a whole lot further in life. We're going to have deeper, more meaningful impact in the community. And we may even enjoy ourselves when we get where we're going. So daily, daily we need to put on our super suit. Be intentional. Putting on humility, patience, kindness. So number one, first thing we need to do is we need to receive God's love. Number two, we need to put on uh, our super suit. Number three, we need to make allowances for heroes, jokers, and villains. And uh, this will make sense in a moment, but let's continue to read just for a moment in Colossians in verse 13. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Now, this can seem like a very heavy verse. I think, you know, you read this, and at first glance, you're like, wow, that's, that's pretty heavy. But over and over and over, we see the Bible talking about the importance of forgiveness. I believe that unforgiveness and bitterness in our hearts is one of the easiest ways to allow Satan into our life. It allows him a foothold in our life. And if we uh, hold on to unforgiveness and bitterness, then, then the enemy can wreak havoc in our life. It can lead us to places that we never intended to go. And so we need uh, 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 to be able to, to deal with uh, hurt and, and things in our life. If you live long enough, you're going you're gonna to have betrayal in your life, right? You're going to feel like you've been stabbed in the back. All of us have experienced hurt from other people where we've been lied to or mistreated in some way. And so that's just a reality 
of life. But I believe the people who go further, right, this, this concept of going further, the people who go further, the people who have uh, uh, the, the love and peace and joy of the Lord in their life often comes down to how they respond to hurt in their life. The difference in those people's lives, how they can go further and have more joy and all of that in their life is directly related to how they deal with the hurt in their life, how they deal with the lies that people make uh, and, and to them. And so um, how are we making allowances for other people? How are we making uh, and dealing with hurt and things that come into our life? And so, you know, over and over and over, the Bible talks about the importance of forgiveness, and over and over and over, the Bible is clear that it is worth the work to forgive. It is worth the challenge to forgive and to let go and to do that. And now, you know, I've heard uh, uh, Pastor Danny make this statement before that, that unforgiveness in our heart, right, like not forgiving people, it's like drinking poison and expecting our enemies to die. It's like drinking poison and expecting our enemies to die. So unfor- our forgiveness is so critical in our lives, making allowances for other people is so critical in our lives. I think it's important, though, here that we don't take this out of context because if we just read this very quickly, we can assume that we're just supposed to let people act however they want to act, and we're supposed to give forgiveness and forgiveness, and never uh, nothing ever has to change, and we're just supposed to be doormats for people, right? Uh, that is not at all what I think the Bible is telling us here. Matter of fact, uh, uh, the reason we said we need to make allowances for heroes uh, jokers and villains is because there's a, a prominent uh, um, Christian psychologist who talks about this concept of making allowances. And he uses some different words. He uses, uh, uh, what is it, wise, the wise, the foolish, and the evil. And so uh, uh, the reality is, is with the heroes or the wise people, when we uh, have conflict with them, with this group of people, Right? There are people who are able to own their decisions. They're able to, able to own and accept their uh, responsibility in a conflict or what has happened. And these people are people we can have conversations with. We can talk about forgiveness with them. We can move on together past that. And so in a lot of ways, uh, we don't uh, need uh, boundaries or anything in our life with this group of people. The second group, though, is where it gets interesting, and that's with the foolish or what we call the jokers. And these are people that have a hard time accepting responsibility for anything. You know, you ever met anybody that nothing is ever their fault? Doesn't matter what happens or what they did, it's not their fault. It's something else, right? And and so these are people that repeatedly lie. They tell you or promise you one thing and then they constantly break their promises or do something else. There's people who are in cycles of, uh, of this sort of behavior. And, and so in that way, we are to forgive these people when they hurt us or when uh, uh, there's conflict. But what we need to do with these types is we need to begin to establish boundaries in our life that allow them to have consequences for those actions. So you think about it with like my kids, they're teenagers and all of them have cell phones, right? And so like, like I constantly I'm telling them like, please put your cell phone away. Like we're at the dinner table, just put your cell phone away. It's late at night, turn your cell phone off. Like put the cell phone away, get off your phone. I feel like I'm constantly saying that. And so if I never put boundaries around their cell phone use and just allow them to keep 
doing that, they never have consequences for that. So in the same way, you know, maybe sometimes we need to keep, take the cell phone away or create boundaries and consequences. In that same way, these, these foolish people or these jokers, we need to create boundaries. There needs to be consequences, consequences that are, are, are placed so that this behavior isn't allowed to continue. We forgive but we place boundaries. There's consequences. You know, uh, uh, forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean trust. Forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean relationship. Okay? The third group is this, this idea of the evil or the villains in our life. And the reality is, is that there are people, for some reason, that only seek to destroy. To destroy you, to destroy your family. And it's just... Part of our world. And when we uh, uh, run uh, in contact with these people or when we're around these people, yes, we need to forgive. Because listen, forgiveness is about you. It's about you uh, uh, giving up your right to any sort of revenge against that person, right? Forgiveness is you releasing that need for revenge or anything. And, and so when we are in... In contact, or we have issues with these sort of uh, evil or villainous type of people, uh, we forgive and then we separate ourselves in every way that we can. That means physically, emotionally, legally, because they're just out to destroy you. And so when we read uh, this passage and we see that Paul is asking us to make allowances and to forgive everyone, what he's not telling you is that you need to be a doormat and you need to accept every behavior into your life and just not do anything about it. And so these three categories give us a lens by which we can provide allowance where we can forgive people, but also create proper boundaries in our life and how we deal with them. Number one, we need to accept God's love. Number two, we need to put on uh, our super suit. Number three, we need to make allowances for heroes, jokers, and villains. And then finally, the fourth and final point is we just simply need to love one another. We talked about how this can be challenging already, right? There's people in our life, it's tough to love. And the reality of that is, is that we're all different. You know, I was thinking about the difference between me and my wife earlier, right? Like uh, my son got me this gift earlier uh, this year where um, it's a cell phone case that's actually a wallet. And so where I used to have a wallet and a cell phone, uh, now I only have to worry about one thing, and it's got everything I need in it. It's amazing. And so to me, that's awesome. But, you know, my wife, she, and uh, there's some ladies here that have it as well, I'm sure, like she carries this suitcase of a purse <laughs> with her everywhere she goes. Any big, big uh, purses out there, ladies? Yeah, I see some hands up. Yeah. And listen, it's not a bad thing. It's just we're different, right? I love that my wife has that purse because we could survive for two weeks in the forest off of what's in that purse. We could, we could make it, right? And, and, and that's an amazing thing. And so, but we're different. You take a look at uh, men and women's closets, right? You go into a woman's closet, right? Which is most likely the spare bedroom that she's converted into a walk-in closet, right? She goes into the, to, to the, the walk-in closet and she comes out empty-handed and goes, I have nothing to wear. How's that possible? Men, we go to our closet. As long as it's clean, we're good. Even if it's not clean, what do you do? You pick it up, you smell it. And we can roll. So we're different. You take any two people in the world, any two people in the world, and they're different. 
And there's going to be room for conflict. There's going to be tension. There's going to be potential uh, uh, for conflict in their life. And so I want to read on here the next verse in Colossians chapter 3, verse 14. And Paul, again, helps us here. And he says, above all, above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. Now, this word clove that he uses here is a little different from the one we used earlier. It has this imagery in the translation where it's like the idea of taking an outer cloak and wrapping it around your clothes. And then you clasp it together with a pin. And so it's this imagery that, that love is literally this thing that you put over top of everything else. It's the thing that holds and binds everything together. And then we clasp it around. Love is that clasp. It binds it all together and it reminds us of what is important. But let's read on. Uh, in verse 15 it says, For as members of one body, that's so important, members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other. With all the wisdom he gives, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. The power of team, the power of working together, the power of getting along. It's something that we can access right now. And I believe, like the Avengers, right, this coming together to save the world, I believe that the church is the hope of the world. That we are called to share this love that we know, this, this love of a father who would send his son to earth to die for our sins, that we're called to share that with the world. Together, as a team, working together, we've been given the greatest of commissions, the greatest of tasks to, uh, to undertake. So each one of you this morning has a gift, has a talent, has a superpower that is unique to you. And each and every one of you are needed to be on the team, working together together. And the key is our ability to love one another. Would you stand with me as we close this morning? So, first off, you need to know that God has chosen you, that he loves you. And I want to... Uh, just if, if everybody could bow their heads and close their eyes just for a moment. I, you know, I feel like this morning that if you're here and you have not made a decision uh, to follow Jesus, maybe you have relationships in your life and you're looking at them and you're going, man, they're a wreck, and you don't know how to fix them. You don't know what to do to make things better in your life. God had you here this morning for a purpose because he wants you to know that he has chosen you, that he loves you. And the starting place, the beginning point for how you can uh, uh, make all those relationships in your life move towards healthiness, the starting point is to accept God's love. So if you're here this morning and, and, and you've never received God's love in your life and you feel like God today is speaking to you and speaking to your heart, I just want you to, to lift up your hand this morning and acknowledgement that, yes, I need God's love in my life. If that's you this morning, just lift up your hand and acknowledge that. Yes, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much. And together, I just want to uh, uh, say a prayer. We're all going to pray this together. And there is nothing magical about this prayer we're about to speak. It's just an acknowledgement that you are starting, that today you begin to walk and to follow after Jesus. And so I want us all to pray this together if we can. No one prays alone. Let's pray this together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today that you love me, that you called me, that you chose me. Today, I decide to begin to walk with you, to love you. Thank you, Lord, that you paid the price for my sin on the cross. So help me today to walk with you, to walk for you, and to walk in love. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can we celebrate those who made faith decisions this morning? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hey, listen, if you prayed that prayer this morning, we want to talk with you. I've got uh, people on both sides of the stage who would love to pray with you. If you want to take communion or receive prayer for anything, uh, please come forward. We'd love to chat with you. Uh, Don't forget next week at the movies part two with Rocky, Pastor Joel. We love you guys. Have a great week.